you are making so many people uncomfortable with this suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to I Tell My Husband the News. I'm Shannon Ray Green, a journalist at USA Today. Each week, I catch my husband up on all the stories he may have missed. He doesn't really like to read or watch the news, so I'm pretty much his sole news source. It's a big responsibility. My husband, Dusty Terrell, is a local comedian in the Washington, D.C. area. Thanks for being here, Dusty. Thanks for having me, Shannon. What's going on over there, Dusty? Oh, not a whole lot. How are you doing, Shannon? I'm doing great. We had a great weekend. Yeah, we saw some dear friends of ours that often listen to the podcast. So, hello to Chris and Lindsay. Thanks for having us over to your house. The Taste of Spain courses were delectable. Delighted. We had manchego cheese and paella and fried ice cream to top it off. Probably too much manchego cheese. But that's I more, certainly did. That's more our fault than their fault. I had the most. Yeah. <laughs> I roundhoused that manchego cheese. That's right. We got a new five-star review on Apple Podcasts from Ed the Mailman. Sounds like he's a mailman in Georgia. Thanks so much, Ed. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Ed. Very kind words. And we also want to thank Glenn V., who reviewed us with five stars over on Stitcher. So it's a good reminder that you can go on desktop on stitcher.com and review the show, especially if you listen over there. Or write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts any way you'd like. Yep. And you can get in touch with us on Twitter. I'm at Shannon Ray Green. I'm at Dusty Terrell. And you can email us at itellmyhusbandthenews at usatoday.com. And if you haven't subscribed to the show, do that too. Oh, yeah. Just do all the things. Even a rating. You know, we won't be able to personally thank you, but know, know we're thanking you right now at this moment in the show. Everyone who's rated the show, thank you. Yeah. Good vibes only getting sent out to you. Dear Passwords, forget you. Here's what is going to protect us instead. This was written by my colleague Jessica Gwynn. She writes... Do you hate remembering passwords? Yes. (laughs) Soon you may be able to forget them for good. For years, we've relied on a secret we share with the computer to prove we are who we say we are. And it turns out, computers not that good at keeping secrets. They're bad at it. (laughs) I mean, don't you think it's human beings manipulating the computers? I guess so, but I trusted you, computers. (laughs) So that's the truth. Passwords are easily compromised through a phishing scam or malware, data breach, or some simple social engineering. Once in the wrong hands, these flimsy strings of characters can be used to impersonate us all over the internet. Slowly, we're kicking the password habit. With data breaches costing billions, the pressure is on to find more foolproof ways to verify someone's identity. Wolfgang Gorlick is the advisory chief information security officer for Cisco-owned security firm Duo. He said, quote, we are moving into a world which we're calling passwordless, which is the ability for our applications, devices, and computers to recognize us by something other than the old-fashioned password, unquote. Newer forms of identification are harder to imitate. Something we are, such as the contours of our face or the ridges of our thumb, 
or something we have, physical objects such as security keys. Intuit, for example, lets users sign into its mobile apps with a fingerprint or facial recognition or their phone's passcode instead of a password. Your fingerprint or screen lock can access some Google services on Pixel and Android 7 Plus devices. Gorilic estimates that within five years, we could be logging into most of our online accounts the same way we unlock our phones, and then we will be able to finally break up with passwords for good. What will replace them? That's a bit more complicated. Any system that depends on a single factor isn't secure enough, according to Vijay Balasubramanian, CEO of Pindrop, a voice authentication and security company. Biometric information such as an iris scan or a fingerprint can be stolen, too, and you can't change those. Balasubramanian predicts several pieces of information will be used to verify identity. Machines will analyze our speech patterns or scan our fingerprints. We'll also be identified by something we have, our mobile devices, computers, key cards, fobs, or tokens. And something we do, our movements and location, our behavior and habits, even how we type. If that seems more invasive than sharing some random bits of knowledge, such as our mother's maiden name or a PIN number, well, it is. But Balasubramanian argues these trade-offs are necessary to shield our personal information in a hyper-connected world. He said, quote, it's going to be scary. It's time for consumers to demand a higher level of privacy and security, unquote. Secret words to tell friends from foe have been around since ancient times, and in the early days of the Internet, they made a lot of sense. We started out with just a handful of passwords to access our email, a few e-commerce sites, maybe an online subscription or two. But soon we were transferring our entire existence into the cloud, storing our medical and financial information, photos of our kids, and our innermost musings there. And every time we clicked a link or downloaded an app, we had to come up with another password. As even more devices connected to the internet, from home surveillance systems to thermostats, we hit password overload. Today, people have an average of 85 passwords to keep track of, according to password manager LastPass. Our brains just aren't wired to squirrel away unique passwords for so many online accounts. So we reuse and we share them. We jot them down on Post-its or in Word documents. We sign in with Facebook or Google. We shell out a few bucks for a digital password manager. I'm not shelling out any bucks. (laughs) We all know that's true. But data breaches keep proliferating, so we're told to conjure up stronger passwords. The longer and more random, the better. Use special characters. We're prodded to enable two-factor authentication, and we grumble so much about it all. Our collective frustration has turned into a popular internet meme. Sorry, your password must contain a capital letter, two numbers, a symbol, an inspiring message, a spell, a gang sign, a hieroglyph, and the blood of a virgin. Turns out the only fans of passwords are hackers and identity thieves. Even researcher Fernando Corbato, who helped create the first computer password in the early 1960s, was a detractor before he died. Corbato told the Wall Street Journal in 2014 that he used to keep dozens of his passwords on three typed pages. He called the current state of password security kind of a nightmare. Jonas Stein is the co-founder of UNS Project, which allows you to access your accounts using the camera on your phone. He said, quote, passwords are a 60-year-old solution built on a 5,000-year-old idea. Daily life demands that we create and remember a new password for almost every single thing we do, reading the news, paying bills, or simply ordering a pizza. The promise of online convenience has been broken by antiquated authentication solutions with unrealistic security best practices, unquote. So will passwords finally go the way of the 8-track tape? For years, reports of their demise have been greatly exaggerated. Tech leaders have dangled but never delivered on promises to eliminate passwords. 
Microsoft's billionaire founder Bill Gates told the RSA conference in 2004, quote, There is no doubt that over time people are going to rely less and less on passwords. People use the same password on different systems, they write them down, and they just don't meet the challenge for anything you really want to secure, unquote. So what's taking so long? Too many options being floated and too little consensus on what will work best. Companies eager for our eyeballs and our business are holding out for solutions that strike a balance between convenience and security. With security costs skyrocketing and consumer trust flailing, the industry is under growing pressure to lock down our accounts. Research firm Gartner says that by 2023, 30% of organizations will use at least one form of authentication that does not involve a password. That's a significant increase from the 5% today. One of the major proponents of a password-free world is the FIDO Alliance, which stands for Fast Identity Online. The consortium of heavyweights from Google to Microsoft is developing technical standards to verify identity. Apple recently joined the FIDO Alliance, giving the group even more clout. Andrew Shigiar is the executive director of the FIDO Alliance, and he says that we can't ditch passwords overnight, but, quote, the imperative is there now. He continued saying, quote, businesses are feeling these pain points and they are being pushed to come up with solutions that are not dependent on the old ways of authenticating. This sort of collaboration is a very good sign that not only is there a way to go past passwords, there is a will, unquote. I'm a part of a FIDO alliance. Okay. I just have an agreement with my neighbor that he doesn't let his dog off of the leash and then I don't let my cat taunt his dog. <laughs> That's a that's a hard thing to do, I think, with a cat like ours. Lily loves to look outside and taunt. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought of when I saw Fido Alliance. I wanted to be like, oh, you're in a Fido Alliance? Arp, arp. Lucky for me, I have no trouble remembering my passwords because it's all just I love Shannon. <laughs> oh, Don't. no. Don't tell anyone, though, Yeah, Shannon. I know. Now you, you're broadcasting it. What? Do people listen to this? Thousands. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I don't know about thousands. Maybe 10 people. <laughs> I mean, don't discount binge listens. Mm. I would never. <laughs> yeah, I definitely struggle with keeping my passwords straight. And I am excited about the idea of a world that we could just be like, I'm me. You need to understand, computer. This is on you. Use these tools of things I have in my hands or ways that my body just is. It's weird. It's pretty pretty crazy, huh? If it's based on something you have, like a like a key or a fob or something, there's a hundred percent chance we're gonna lose that too. <laughs> and how do you get a new one? Basically, every website I log into, I have to do the whole. I forgot my password, and then they make you change it, and then. I've forgotten it immediately again. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like, how are you going to remember this new one, really? Unless you really do the work with a password manager or put it into some kind of document where you can find it later. It's different when you log into something like every day, but then there's like those websites that you only check every six months to a year. So right. I can't remember. Yeah. I also don't understand why, I guess this would be a security risk, but why can't they just tell you what? the things are that they expect. Like I have different combinations of passwords that I use and stuff, right? But if it if it says, well, this one requires a special character, just tell me it, it that, and then I'll tell you the one that I use with the special character. 
These tiny plastic-munching caterpillars can clean up our world, but there's a catch. Is the catch that they just poop plastic after they... (laughs) This was written by my colleague Joshua Bote. He writes, A species of caterpillar may provide answers on how to best eradicate plastic waste. That's a 300 million ton per year problem. Researchers discovered in 2017 that the waxworm is seemingly able to eat through common types of plastic, including polyethylene, a non-biodegradable type of plastic that is the most commonly used worldwide. Brian Cassone is an associate professor of biology at Brandon University. He told USA Today, quote, they are voracious feeders during these larval stages, unquote. A study published last Tuesday in the open peer-reviewed journal Proceedings of the Royal Society B finds that the microorganisms in the waxworm's gut help them consume and metabolize plastics. Researchers at Brandon University in Manitoba, Canada, found that waxworms are able to, quote, ingest and metabolize polyethylene at unprecedented rates, unquote, thanks to the microorganisms in their intestines. So these worms have worms? The gut is what seems to do it. Ew. The researchers wrote, quote, the caterpillar's gut microbiota seem to play a key role in the polyethylene biodegradation process, unquote. Researchers found a greater amount of microbial abundance in the caterpillar's guts when they were ingesting plastic than when they ate a traditional diet of honeycomb. In waxworms, polyethylene metabolizes into a glycol, which is biodegradable. For, for my money, I'd rather have honeycomb (laughs) than plastic for dinner yeah throughout this story i'm thinking about our cat lily and how much she eats plastic and is excited plastic would do anything to to eat it like she as soon as she finds it like she's just on it like white on rice she's insane she cannot digest it so she's not in this no caterpillar family i know yeah if you have an animal that eats plastic like we share the pain that you're living through. So send us a tweet because we want to commiserate with you. Waxworms are not an end-all solution to plastic waste, however. Wax larvae are pests for bees, naturally feeding off honeycomb and running the risk of reducing their populations and those of plants and crops. Further, it remains unclear how the plastic breakdown process works in the waxworm and how its health is affected by its consumption. Casson said that the hope is that if researchers can harness what in the gut bacteria helps caterpillars so easily break down plastic, it can be used to design better ways to eliminate plastic from the environment. Casson said, quote, We envision harnessing the waxworm and its microbiome to develop approaches that do not require whole organisms, rather the products or byproducts produced from their interactions, that make their ability to break down plastic so efficient, unquote. So the plan is that researchers will use the waxworm's microbiome, what they can learn from it, to find new ways to break down plastic. Because we've had such a problem with it. I don't see what the big deal is. There's all that space out in the ocean. You just dump it there. (gasps) You're horrifying! I think what we should do is we pick one spot in the ocean and just dump all of the plastic in that one spot. Eventually, it will fill that spot up till we get ourselves a nice little plastic island that humans can start living on. Dusty, 
I don't know that you understand how water works. I think the problem is that all the plastic we make is just too light. We just need heavier plastic. <laughs> that way it'll sink and then we won't have to think about it anymore. Oh, man. You are making so many people uncomfortable with this suggestion. <laughs> I do, yeah. Isn't there already that floating plastic island, right? We just, yeah, but that's not that's not coalescing into something. Maybe we just need to bring some dirt, put that dirt on top of it. Boom, we got a new this island. This is a terrible idea. And then we sell tickets to go visit it for like a tourist destination. And then that money could go towards, I don't know, cleaning up some other plastic to add to the island maybe i don't i don't know this is not a natural situation it seems like i'm the one coming up with the good ideas over here <laughs> i wish i could make my scoff louder somehow right, <laughs> it's a terrible idea why would you suggest that like this is this is this interesting thing that there are these animals that are figuring out how to turn plastic into something that's biodegradable that's sensational and then you're saying like oh we don't have a problem let's keep doing the pollution that we've been doing like what is the matter with you do you know how many caterpillars there'd have to be to go through all that plastic like it just well this is what's what's... cool about science is they're going to try to figure out like what are the things what are the things they're doing let's do that as a process instead of because because I'd rather have all that plastic than all those cra- caterpillars crawling <gasps> around. Do those cat- do those plastic-eating caterpillars turn into butterflies, though? That seems interesting to me. Hmm. Get some pretty butterflies flying around. That have some elements of plastic. Yeah, maybe their <laughs> wings say, like, Diet Pepsi on them and stuff. <laughs> and whatever plastic they happen to eat. <laughs> Don't you feel sad when you're, like, at the ocean and you see plastic? Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, we're just, we're not doing a good job of dumping it in the right location, you know, to create that island. I think what you're suggesting is just atrocious. I'd like to go on the record. Here's what we need to do is instead of, like, littering plastic or dumping them, we just, every piece of plastic garbage needs to be glued to every other piece of plastic garbage. And then eventually we'll have a large enough, like, structure that we could just, like, put somewhere and use for something like a like a bridge or a, or an island or something you know it's just the problem is all this microplastic and free flowing plastic that's no good for anyone you attach it all together boom you got a you got something usable i think it's a horrific idea <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad when i when i insult an idea of yours that you respond with laughter. I really appreciate that. (laughs) And last today, we've got the lightning fast headline roundup. Does Dusty care about these stories in the slightest? Here we go. 17 fascinating facts about daylight saving time. Are all 17 of them that I'm mad that I lost an hour this weekend? (laughs) I needed that hour, Shannon. I know. Megan and Harry go to church with the queen. I don't care. This is why your cat needs. I'll tell you what my cat needs. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) 
18 foods you should always buy frozen. Um, Shannon, I buy all my foods frozen, so <laughs> joke's on you. <laughs> how to help kids adjust to daylight saving time. I don't know how to make me adjust to daylight savings time. <laughs> you got to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you help children. That's what I always say. That's right. Washing your hands a lot, these 10 creams revive your skin. Yeah, but how many germs are in those creams? <laughs> Ocean scientists accidentally net a rare 13-foot-long giant squid. I bet that was a real inky situation. <laughs> We're a little light on headlines this week because so many of them are geared towards the coronavirus, COVID-19. It's important for everyone to keep yourself and your family safe Wash your hands a lot and try not to panic. And it's great to keep informed. We have a great newsletter that has tons of new information every day about coronavirus that you can sign up for at usatoday.com. And a lot of our top stories are all about the coronavirus uh, in the United States and in the world. But the big thing that they're saying to do is to really just pay attention to where it's happening near you. And um, and to do elbow bumps rather than um, shaking hands or hugging to just try to really avoid the spread of this. But it's actually really good advice for avoiding catching the flu and, you know, other things that are spreading. So just take care of yourself and your family. And there's really lots of good information across so many news sites, but on usdaday.com as well. Stay healthy, stay smart. We'll get through this together. Next week on I Tell My Husband the News, well, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. That's why it's called the news. <laughs> I Tell My Husband the News is part of the USA Today podcast network. New episodes come out every Monday. If you want to check out other podcasts from all across the USA Today network, just go to podcast.usatoday.com. Or find them wherever you listen to podcasts, like Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.